Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, you know, usually if a movie comes out and we just really don't like it, we don't end up covering it, but we had to do this one. We had to do David Ayer's The Tax Collector, starring Bobby Soto and, of course, Shia LaBeouf as a... Mexican question mark gang lord. He's not Mexican. He's a white guy, but uh, named Creeper. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's that kind of movie. Uh, <laughs> it is unsuccessful in ways that I don't think we really expected going in, but there's a lot to talk about, and I'm really glad to have Rosa from Latinx Lens here to talk about it with me. Uh, Rosa's new podcast is out now wherever you listen to podcasts you should definitely check it out i happen to do the theme songs so another reason you should check it out and also because she's awesome and i'm glad to finally have her back on the show it's been a while and we have a great conversation coming up about the tax collector before we do get into that i do want to remind you to make sure you're subscribed to piecing it together wherever it is you listen to podcasts you can also Follow us on social media at PiecingPod. Join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about on the show. And we also have a Patreon with continuing to get a whole lot of more content on there. So definitely check out the Patreon. I'm a little behind on piecing it together advanced episodes. Actually, this episode is going up on the main feed on August 14th, and it's recorded at 6.42 p.m. Well, recorded like an hour ago. I'm editing it right now at 6.42 p.m. on August 13th. Yeah, I'm definitely behind schedule right now, but I have a whole bunch of episodes that are being planned to record over the next week, so we'll definitely get those up early on the Patreon. And there's a bunch of other stuff on there, too, like Awesome Movie Year special episodes. We've got some All Rice, No Beans special episodes going up there soon, and a bunch of stuff for my music. So definitely check out the Patreon. And as always, I just want to thank everybody who has been listening to the show. We've kind of slowed down a little bit with just like four episodes a month these last couple of months because I've been busy finishing up my new album, but we'll be back to eight episodes a month, I'm sure, in the coming months, especially with theaters opening. Who the hell knows what's going to happen with all that? But anyway, that's another story for another time. Let's start talking about The Tax Collector. <music> All right, so today we are talking about The Tax Collector and joining me. It's been a long time since she's been on the show, but Rosa is joining me. How's it going, Rosa? Hello. Um, it's going good. How are you doing, David? I'm great. I am just uh, busy fitting in lots of movies as always and working on a million things at once, but I am happy to be talking about this crazy movie with you. Uh, I read I read your review today, and I, I I know how this conversation will probably go, uh, but it should be a lot of fun. But before we do get into the tax collector, I just wanted to say, you know, since the last time you were on, you have started your own podcast, and you should uh, tell people about that a little bit. Yes, I just recently started Latinx Lens, which is a podcast that's just focused, it's dedicated to um, shine a light on Latinx representation on television and film. 
And yes, you you were able to help us out. You you produced our intro and the outro, which we're oh, we're, yeah. we're really thankful for. Um, and yeah, it's been going good. The, the reception has been overwhelmingly positive, and it's been well received. Um, and I guess we, well, me personally, I wasn't expecting <laughs> uh, a lot of people to actually embrace this and. Um, yeah, I've been having a blast, and and my co-host Catherine, um, Catherine Gonzalez, she is just a genius and just talented and amazing. And yeah, both of us were trying to leave our little footprint. <laughs> for sure, well, I, I, I'm excited for you guys. I mean, everything I've heard so far you. has been great, and I'm glad that people are connecting with it. And you just this week also were accepted into the uh, Latino Entertainment Journalist Association, right? <laughs> just yesterday um That's yeah awesome. i was just notified about it it's been a, a a very positive year except like excluding the the obvious sure um, yeah overall it's been pretty positive and very uh, motivating so it's yeah. funny that's what i keep having to say i'm like this year has been awesome except you know that whole thing yeah that whole thing <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so so this movie the tax collector um this is, it's an absolute mess. Let's get that out of the way right at the top. I i didn't know for sure going into it. I mean, I, David Ayer is kind of a mixed bag. I mean, obviously, there's not many of us who truly like Suicide Squad. But I mean, the guy did write Training Day, though, and that's kind of a classic. And, you know, so it's like, it, and he's got this whole career that's kind of a mixed bag. But this movie, I didn't really know what to expect going in. All I knew is there was a little bit of controversy around Shia LaBeouf's casting in this and the the portrayal that he seemed to be putting together in the, in the trailer, which isn't really, it's not really the problem, I don't think, once we finally get around to the actual movie. I agree. <laughs> yeah. It, it's such a weird thing that that was what everybody is so worried about. And uh turns out, oh, it's actually just awful and that's what the problem is. <laughs> overall bad yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but we'll we'll get more into that and more into everything else that's going on with this movie um as we start going into puzzle pieces so what do you have for your first puzzle piece yes um my first puzzle piece it's blood in and blood out <laughs> blood mm -hmm. and blood out are uh, bound by honor i'm assuming it's another way it's it's um Recognized as from 1993, uh, directed by Taylor Hackford and starry Benjamin Bratt, Damien Chapa, and Jesse Borrego. Uh, I had just recently watched this movie uh, just a few days ago um, in preparation for this episode. And I can see a lot of this in... Um, in the tax collector pertaining, of course, to, to also taking place in, in LA. Uh, I'm not entirely sure the tax collector specifies where, what area of LA it is. Um, mm -hmm. We just assume it is because, um, well, of course we, we were told beforehand and then we also see sure. the scenery and the, uh, the famously towers and all that good stuff. Um, sure. The skyscraper, sorry. So yeah. Uh, Blood in, blood out takes place in East LA, and it's following these three these three characters and how their lives is are impacted uh, by drugs and and crime and these gangs and rivalries and everything, which are a lot of topics that are very similar um, in the tax collector uh, with family and loyalty and honor. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think Blood and Blood Out was definitely it must have been at least a little bit of of, of influence of it in in the Tax Collector. Sure, I I think also that that movie, which I haven't seen since back when it first came out, like a long time ago, but uh, I would imagine that that inspired David Ayer in general, like almost everything he's done, all these movies that we could like go down the list of. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Although I have noticed uh, that in the David Ayer's uh, movies, he does incorporate um, more like different ethnicities within these gangs and mm -hmm. somehow makes it feel normalized. He doesn't really pinpoint out, um, pinpoint these different characters or anything like that. Unlike Blood In, Blood Out, where, where um, the cousin who is biracial and he, but physically like phenotype, typically he is white and he gets a lot of, uh, oh my God, I was about to <laughs> curse here. Um, he oh, gets a lot can. of big deals. <laughs> 
That, that's perfectly fine. <laughs> Anybody who's watched the movie already has heard plenty of that kind of language. So okay. Let, let it fly, Rosa. <laughs> I might lose some credibility here. Um, <laughs> whatever little um, credibility I have. But yeah, no, he gets a lot of, of, of shit for being white. So um, yeah, so those little incorporations and the representations of those different characters, uh, something I also see in, in The Tax Collector. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Well, I'll move on to my first piece. And, you know, like I just said that that your first piece, I think, clearly is an inspiration for a lot of what David Ayer has done. And I I didn't want to sit here and like name a bunch of David Ayer movies, but I did want to just point to one as a puzzle piece. And oh that, is, that is Harsh Times. <laughs> <laughs> did it's you think that's the one? Yeah, it is. Yeah, that that's the one that I think is like definitively like you could absolutely point to i mean you've got the main characters driving around all day macho yeah. stuff you've got of course christian bale in a a you know hardcore white guy role in in this kind of setting and and it, it just it definitely has a lot of that same feeling it feels in a way like there is some like uh, over the topness to this movie, a lot of over the topness actually, but it also feels like he's trying to reconnect with like just bringing you into the world of that like gang culture that he was earlier in his career as well, which I think that's kind of the goal, but then he just dialed it up a little too far, kind of. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. Um, yes, the, the Christian Bale characters definitely the Shia LaBeouf character <laughs> in this film and yeah. yeah I noticed a lot of similarities to the, the a lot of the driving around and he does have this unique um uh, way of editing <laughs> um sure. the, the his films but also he uses a lot of these low angle shots which to me make no sense but um a lot of the what I call awkward because it, it doesn't really translate or it doesn't give me any further information than what I already know. Um, mm. And yeah, these shots that make no sense to me, uh, a lot of it I watched, I saw it in, in Harsh Times. And even though Harsh Times does have, uh, their characters are a bit more developed <laughs> and sure. my, a, a bit more um, well-rounded, so to speak. Yeah, the tax collector definitely lacks that. But yes, um, the harsh times was definitely one of my pieces. <laughs> you know, speaking to some of those like angles and stuff like that that he yeah. shoots with, I I feel like that kind of speaks to the fact that I think somebody like David Ayer, and Ed, this isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just if we're going to go into a movie and talk about whether or not it's you know good or bad, I think it's it's very led by the decision of not what is this going to tell the audience, but is this badass? Does this look cool? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's, that's the only thing leading the decision-making in the process of making the movie. And that you just need something more in there to keep you connected and to not turn into a big caricature, you know? Absolutely. Yes, I definitely agree. And unfortunately, in the tax collector, the editing, the quick edits, and and mm. the the just the different angles, edit after edit after edit, it just took away whatever emotional um, potential it had for you even to connect with these characters. It doesn't give you the chance because it's just sure. so fast paced. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, what do you got for your next piece? <laughs> All right, now that you took one away from me, um, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's it's your it's your podcast. You can do okay. as you wish. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. So yes, another one of my puzzle pieces is uh, Toot Suit, uh, which is mm. from 1981, and um, it's a movie. Of course, it, it's surrounding the the Toot Suit riots, which happened back in the 40s here in LA. And I think suit suits, just because I noticed a lot of similarities um, of these shots with Blood In and Blood Out, which I'm pretty sure had a lot of influence on Tax Collector. Um, mm -hmm. And of course, it, it's about the Mexican-American community. And this is way before uh, the term Chicano was even uh, po popular or it was even utilized as a political um, term. And... Mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah, Suit Suit follows these Mexican American um, group of of of, te- of teens who were unrightfully uh, charged of a murder that they never committed. And the Suit Suit itself, which is the the suit, the outfit, is a symbolism of just expression. They were just trying to. Uh, isolate themselves or trying to find their own identity. Um, and from a, a lot of research I've been doing, I've been conducting and a lot of reading, a lot of film watching, I have come to realize that the current day cholo, so to speak, um, mm. is more of an evolution of a tutor um, because mm. it has the same uh, language, same terminology. If you were to watch Tutsu, uh the same the way they speak, you know, the the, the homes and, and and the and the orale Simon and all these terms, sure, are in 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 tutu. So it's definitely um, something. It, the cholo has probably evolved from the tutsuter. After um, in LA, it was banned <laughs> to wear mm. suits. So I think a lot tutu uh, in general must have had definitely influence on all the films that came after it. After all, it was in the early 80s, and it was perhaps one of the first uh, films to depict this specific culture um, of the Mexican-American in Los Angeles. Right on. Yeah, I've never actually seen it. I certainly have heard of it. And um, I I hope... So one interesting thing is that this movie actually did quite well, uh, The Tax Collector. It, it, It... in its small, you know, opening, obviously, with everything as crazy as it is, it, it did get some, uh, I, I'm guessing, drive-ins and stuff like that. And it did quite well this past weekend. I'm hoping this is one of those situations where uh, we, we, you know, Hollywood or whatever gets the right message out of that. And it's not just more, you know, just these kind of music video style action movies, but it's actually a look into these kinds of cultures is what they, what the message that they get to make more of. Right. Yeah. I could not agree with you anymore. And I've actually never thought about it, but I like the description, the music, like um, video action, action. Um, Yes, I am personally, and I've written it and I've tweeted about it and I've talked about it so much. (laughs) I'm just Again, I have, I grew up around, surrounded by this culture and mm-hmm. uh, I'm not offended by this film in no way or shape or form. However, mm-hmm. I do think LA is more than these gangs. LA, Mexican-Americans or Chicanos from LA, we're more than this. So I think it's just time for uh, other stories to be told. And I understand and in a, in a way why these films probably continue to get greenlit. Um, one of them because I guess the the violence of it, it it's good entertainment and such. And another thing, <laughs> I'm just calling it like it is. Um, it, it's the the prototype they want, I guess, society to have of us, and it's mm. not it's not right. <laughs> no, it's absolutely not, and especially especially right now. Not to like go into you know, a political tangent, but at the moment we're having right now, especially yeah. not right to be pushing that, uh, that point of view. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, speaking of pushing that point of view, I'm actually going to combine two movies for my next puzzle pieces. Uh, and, and that is Rambo last blood and, uh, Sicario day of the soldado, uh, the sequel to Sicario, which of course Sicario is a, fantastic movie and of course there are some amazing movies in the rambo series but the the more recent entries in those series are both pretty terrible movies and they both seem to exist in this kind of fox news you don't you don't want to know what what the latino people are doing they're so scary here let me show you and that seems yeah. to be like like what is happening on screen and like how this movie is almost being sold in a way. And I, again, like that is just a shame. That is not, uh, especially in this moment in time, it just seems really irresponsible to be pushing that. Yeah, absolutely. I have not seen those films for, um, I guess at the time I was just rejecting to watch them just sure i don't want to see it um i think it was 
it must have been released right after um, El Chicano, uh, which also mm. <laughs> was not the best representation. <laughs> so I was like, no, I'm not going to watch these films. So, yeah, no, I haven't seen them. But from what I read and what I've heard, yeah, it's it's the the unfortunately the, <laughs> the the representation that I just don't want yeah. of, of us being on, on film and television. So. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think I'm gonna watch them. So, <laughs> I, I, you definitely do not. Um, okay, I would say for for violence fans out there, you know, you get a couple good Rambo scenes, but otherwise, it's just dreadful. And that second uh, Sicario movie is just—I don't even know what anybody was thinking with making that. It's just terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> So what do you got for your next piece? Okay, yes. Um, so my next piece, um, I don't know if I'm allowed to do this or not, but I'm just going to try. There are no rules here. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, it might be a little weird or, or probably uh, not awkward, but not um, expected. But I'm mm-hmm. going to say that the mob films, um, either Scorsese films or any other mob film out there, um, because, and we were, and we've been having a lot of, the, uh, discussing this a lot and, um, we've been trying to understand and trying to get a, a perspective, um, about why our mob films where the, the action scenes are pretty much the same. If you go down to the core of, of these films and you take away the ethnicities and you take away everything else, it's pretty much the same thing. If, if you're talking about a mob film and then you're talking about an L.A. gang film, um, mm-hmm. drugs are involved, uh, family loyalty, and then... Um, of course, family, it's going to be everybody else's uh, weakness. And the only thing is that these tend to take place is at the different um, end of the coasts in the U.S. So um, we were talking, me and Kat, when I say we, uh, we were trying to understand why is it that when we're watching movies about mobs, and putting aside the filmmaking techniques, because I'm pretty sure they're much superior than the tax collector. I mean, anything superior than this. But <laughs> why are those? I mean, critically acclaimed for its filmmaking, I understand. But those films, a lot of people get excited to watch those. And, and everybody is anxiously anticipating those films. Yet when an L.A. gang one um, is being announced, like it did, uh, the trailer came out we automatically just go, oh, my God, another one of these films. Mm. Um, and I realized that, I mean, I have a lot of biases here. And I guess my brain has already been programmed to think that gang members are bad because of everything the media has taught me. And sure. some of my experience, not most of it, um, but some of my experience living in East L.A., whereas we don't see a lot of that in um, with the mob films, with, with, with the Italian um, community or Italian-American. Um, so, yes, I think a lot of that same, when it comes down to, to the point, same, there pretty much kind of the same 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 like the violence and and the entertainment aspect of it but unfortunately i think and this is just me i'm not talking for a cat i'm not talking for anybody else but myself i think the la gang uh, movies get uh looked down upon just because they're people of color that is a really really interesting point and i i think you're you're definitely on to something as as yeah. sad as that is but like uh, yeah, I mean, when, when a new like mafioso type movie is coming out and, you know, it's that, you know, the the old school, you know, Italian mob kind of thing. It's like you immediately think, oh, these cool guys in suits and they're shooting yeah. people and blah, blah, blah. But then it's it's the L.A. gangs and it's the same basic kind of story. Yeah. And immediately it goes to, oh, these are just you know, all bad people or something. That's how it's being portrayed, you know, right. and that's how it's being uh, seen. And that, that's a really interesting point. Yeah. So I'm sure a, a lot of, perhaps a lot of mob films had um, some influence in this film, but yeah. yeah, I've been wondering, and I know personally from my experience, I am already coming into this with the bias. So 
it, it was kind of mind-boggling to sit down and realize it because I know I'm going to go a little bit off tangent, but let me tell you how this conversation came to be. I had just watched um, Goodfellas and I texted Kat and I told her, I don't like the way women are being portrayed here. Mm-hmm. And she texted me back saying, well, that's part of the culture. I'm like, okay, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, so then I start reading reviews about the tax collector and that it's misogynistic and so on and so forth. And I start thinking, well, if I compare it to Goodfellas, no, it's not that bad because the main character here, who's David, portrayed by Bobby Soto, um, he's pretty a loving husband. I don't ever remember him hitting her or abusing her physically or mentally or anything like that. Perhaps emotionally, maybe. Um, putting her through all those scares. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like cheating on her or anything that I've seen in, in Goodfellas, I don't think I recollect ever seeing that in this film. But yet the tax collector gets these criticisms for being misogynistic and, and all that good stuff. So that's when I started talking with Kat and I asked her, I'm like, wait, but it's okay for Goodfellas to be like this and it's praised and it's glorified, but the tax collector, and it doesn't have, I don't think it has any of that to that level. Um, it's it's getting criticized for being misogynistic and, and so on and so forth. So that's when the conversation just started going and I just, yeah. my mind was just blown away. <laughs> I, I yeah that's really really interesting and then like just back to the piece itself like I I think absolutely I mean it, definitely this is uh inspired by those kind of things and and those kind of movies and so much so that my next puzzle piece uh-huh. I think also is inspired by those kind of movies uh and th- this one is a, a very maybe strange puzzle piece but I don't know I just think it it fits pretty well it is <laughs> It's the skit tracks on rap albums. Okay. It it's all of the like the posturing macho tough guy like just talking shit and like you know talking about like you know drug scores and like like killing their enemies and stuff like that and big yeah. speeches and stuff like that. I I think that that like the idea of that again I said it earlier like the whole like this is so badass this is so cool the music video component I think it it's got that same kind of energy as those tracks where it's just these guys just like you know let, let's put the music on on hold for a minute and let's just talk shit a whole, <laughs> a whole bunch and that's that's this for ninety minutes interesting <laughs> and, and those skits are all so inspired by goodfellas and the godfather and all that yeah stuff. yeah yeah absolutely oh wow i've never thought about it. it's maybe a little out of left field but. yeah but no no you do bring up a good point yeah yeah absolutely and i, I also uh while we're on the topic, yeah. um, the the opening credits are absolutely hilarious with those like the stills that like get into like the I don't know what that that form of art is exactly called, but I mean it just so set the scene for what this movie was about to become. I, I just thought it was great, and that reminded me of like it, continuing the puzzle piece, like the album covers and stuff like that. Yes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I put that on my review. I said when those four words were 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 um somehow embedded into the portrait of the lead character, I'm like, this is the moment I knew this film was going to be bad. <laughs> yeah, in the opening credit. Yes, amazing. I started clapping. I was like, oh, this is. I hope this is my kind of bad from here on out. <laughs> uh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what a oh, what a mess. What a well, mess. <laughs> <laughs> I I have one more piece after this. Do you have any more pieces? Um, yes, I have one, but it's okay. probably gonna be um blended in with the other ones. But um, yeah, I have to talk about American Me. <laughs> okay. Another LA gang related. Uh, I think this is also East LA um film starring and directed by Edward James Olmos. Mm-hmm. I think it came out a year after Blood and Blood Out, and. Yeah, it, it talks about, even though this film is more aimed probably towards uh, East LA youth or any youth in general, that uh, it, it gives you a lesson and it gives you, it's more of a warning <laughs> film. Like mm-hmm. this is going to happen to you if you decide to get into this type, this type of life. And um, 
uh, and also the the controlling, having all that control and all that power um, in prison, and still being able to manage and control um, the streets from inside the prison, which is similarly to um, the tax collector with Wizard, who who's the main guy, and he's in he, he's in prison, um, and yet he's still controlling everything from prison. Um, yeah, same thing, same depictions, the alley gang, the culture, um, same language. <laughs> and yeah, I, I just had to kind of give Merck and me a shout out because it tends to get forgotten <laughs> very often. Yeah, I, I I feel like I saw that way back when it first came out. Um, I haven't seen it since back then, though. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad you're bringing pieces like that to it because, you know, I, obviously there are better versions of the LA gang story. Yeah. <laughs> than this movie. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I'll go on to my final piece. And this one's another kind of left field one. Uh, again, not a movie, but a video game, uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, um, which is set amongst the whole like gang culture. And this movie, absolutely. And honestly, going back to David Ayer, a lot of his recent output feels very video game like, stuff like Bright the Netflix movie he did and mm -hmm. uh, Suicide Squad, of course. I mean, it f feels very video game-ish, very just over the top, very, uh, you know, one-dimensional characters and, you know, no sense of anything involving, you know, characters really needing to have an arc or anything like that. Like, it's yeah. just like th this character is this guy, you know it from the opening scene and watch him be a tough guy and kill lots of people from here on out like that. That's what you want. And, and, and then, uh, the David character, uh, at the end when his, you know, spoiler alert, of course, we always do spoilers on this show, but when his family is killed and, and he has to go and save his kids though. And he, uh, you know, he's like almost like he's like leveling up for the final boss and like, you know, like, it's like, just like a big, uh, a big moment there. And it's just, it's again, just so one dimensional. He hasn't actually learned anything. He hasn't grown in any way. It's just, you know, he's got to go kill the boss basically. <laughs> That's all it is. And, and also while we're at it, a shout out to, uh, Conejo, who I'm not familiar with his music. I, I heard that he's a rapper in, in real life and he got them to use his, uh, his rapper name as his character name in the movie, which is hilarious for the big bad guy at the end. Um, that character is so over the top. I don't even know where to begin, but <laughs> I'll, I'll let you try Rosa. Yes. <laughs> no, I I think I did read somewhere that he was a rapper and and he I guess he's famous. Um um I had no idea. I don't know who he is. And yes, I I also I mean, I'm not making this up. It's in my review. His his character is oh my god, it's a character. It's just like a curio like just a cartoonish type of villain and it and it's just so like you said over the top and so one-dimensional and i think also another thing that bothered me was they were literally translating the english into spanish like literally like word for word translating it and it made no sense <laughs> it, it just well because when you directly translate word for word it's not going to have the same significance the same meaning um even if you're trying to intimidate oh my god that's another problem <laughs> none of these guys are intimidating um oh, no not at all no um and yeah if you're trying to intimidate one one i think that scene where they for where he um the villain is introduced Oh my God, that was so comical. And so <laughs> that was when they were supposedly speaking Spanish and just translating everything word for word. And it was horrendous. It was, again, the script is so bad. It's so weak. I, it's so. I wrote down one line. I forget if this was uh, out loud or if it was uh, in subtitle, but uh, Conejo says, It's not a mistake, it's a motherfucking earthquake. I, yeah. That's an actual line of dialogue in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes that it's is a amazing. line 
Yeah. Oh my God. It's amazing. Uh, you, you know, I, I totally forgot. I had, uh, one other thought, um, not really a full puzzle piece or anything, but mm -hmm. uh, when, when we first are introduced to the character of wizard, uh, who is like kind of like the big gang boss who Konya yeah. is going to take over for? He's basically introduced like Doctor Claw from Inspector Gadget. It's it's like all, all you see is the hands and like yeah. the cigar smoke, but you don't see a face for like the first three scenes with him in it. And again, just like total cartoon character stuff. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, it's it's really bad, and uh, I feel it, it pains me that that this film is so bad because. At the end of the day, I mean, I, I have respect for David Ayer for the fact that he's one of the very few filmmakers who casts and, and incorporates Latinx or, or Chicano um, characters into his films. And I really I'm, I'm grateful for that. I, I appreciate it and I respect him for it. But again, my, my issue here is the filmmaking aspect and the script and the editing <laughs> and these characters <laughs> that have they're just so one dimensional and. It's Shia LaBeouf. I mean, he does everything he can, <laughs> he can with what he's given, which unfortunately is nothing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he he tried so hard to be intimidating, and 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 that tattoo. He he apparently got a tattoo for this film, which I don't even remember what scene. You never see it except during the torture scene, which is so quick and so like. It was almost like blurry because they didn't want to, you know, go in mm. close on the torture, I guess. And so it's like, yeah, you don't even see it. And he went through all that. And I mean, I, I do think he absolutely tried his best with it. I think he he was having fun with the role. I think he, yeah. you know, I, I think he really kind of made the most of it in a way. But it's just he had nothing really to work with. One thing that I did like about his character though is that he was apparently on keto um <laughs> which I, I appreciated as a keto guy myself so i was very <laughs> very excited about that that he's rolling rolling around with like almonds and fish or something <laughs> it's hilarious <laughs> what a strange character trait <laughs> yeah yeah well Shy is on keto. <laughs> she sure is. She sure is. Um, and also, oh my god, again, what whatever. Um the music, the music selection, it made some of it did not work for me, if not most of it. It mm -hmm. it's just felt random and uh, some scenes also just there's just these plot points that just make zero sense to me. And yeah, unfortunately it's it's very it's poorly done oh yeah yeah absolutely well i i'm gonna do the finished puzzle and then we'll get into some closing thoughts i have i have two more thoughts i wanted to mention we'll see if you have any other things you want to talk about with it but okay. uh the fin finished puzzle includes blood in blood out harsh times zoot suit rambo last blood sicario day of the soldado mob films in general rap albums skits and album covers American Me and Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Uh, an interesting list of movies. Obviously, a lot of that gang culture is represented here. Some of the best of it, some of the worst of it. And, uh, you know, a, a, lot of, a lot of tough guy stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Did, I, I, I want to go into uh, a couple of quick little thoughts that I also wanted to mention before we wrap this thing up. Uh, there are two things that just really made me laugh. Um, the first one is when David goes home and starts digging for the money that he had hid uh, for his family in case of an emergency. In the middle of this montage of him digging, uh, the girl that's there at his house brings him a sandwich, and it shows him taking a couple of bites out of the sandwich. I laughed so hard at that moment. That was... <laughs> such a strange choice to show him eating a sandwich for like about six or seven seconds before getting back to digging did you notice this i did not <laughs> i probably was not paying attention to you were checked out at that point you're like I'm probably um no i don't think i remember that part so funny uh so that that's one ridiculous scene that that i just wanted to mention before we wrap up the other one is uh about halfway through the movie we see David taking a jujitsu class 
and (laughs) you're training in jujitsu and it doesn't really seem to mean anything. It's just one of the things that David does. It's like his exercise until the end of the movie during the big fight with the bad guy. And we get flashbacks to this one single jujitsu scene. And it's like, there was no, like that scene meant nothing. It could have just been a throwaway scene. There's no reason to flash back to that for this final confrontation scene. It was, again, just such a strange choice. It was as if they just had no idea how to make that final fight come together in any kind of meaningful way, and they felt like that would maybe give it a little bit of elevation or something. Yes, that was one of the scenes that I just felt it was just randomly there. Um, More of a convenience, so to speak. But, yeah, I felt the same way. I I, I think if they would have just not put it there and just continue the... (laughs) the third act without it or anything um it would have still i mean it wouldn't have <laughs> made the yeah, film it, wouldn't, good. it wouldn't have worked but it would have worked the same <laughs> exactly it wouldn't have any any impact or anything like that <laughs> <laughs> oh man well th- that's the last of my uh final notes making fun of this movie i i don't need to uh make fun of it anymore but did you have any other thoughts on the movie you wanted to mention um perhaps just something to to address and it's i think a lot of people were having issues and they were complaining about that scene where conejo is doing like some type of ritual where he does these sacrifices (laughs) um a lot of people were very offended by it because they said it was depicting like an indigenous um sacrificial or it was mimicking it or somehow like that Um, um, I also did feel that that scene, I wasn't offended by it, but I did feel it was just randomly embedded in it while mm. it was kind of still going on with the action scenes or the action film or, or something like that when um, uh, David and, and his people are getting attacked. Uh, but in real life, <laughs> I mean, a lot of people, a lot of uh, powerful guys, a lot of leaders, they do, they they do this kind of stuff. They they um, go out and do brujeria or santeria, what you want to call it, and sure. they do think that they they do believe that doing these sacrifices are are gonna somehow, um, I don't know, give them good luck or or, or something of a kind. I guess it's kind of similar to worshiping the the gods. You have to offer them something in order for them to get something back to you. Uh, But I did find it interesting that a lot lot of people were very much offended by it. I just noticed it as a, um, I just took it as perhaps just a scene to depict how dangerous in a way he was, that he wasn't afraid of anything, of killing, Mm -hmm. I guess, a chicken or even a woman. Um, <laughs> but his wife was very into it, her wife or assistant or girlfriend, whatever it was, but uh, she was very into all that. Uh, she was very excited, it seemed. Yeah, yeah, she, I mean, she came across as a, as a little badass, just protecting him and just going up there and, and doing her thing. <laughs> I, 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 I want to say, like, maybe, maybe that is an interesting story to tell. Like, uh, maybe not get into the cartoonish aspect, but show them the, 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 the boss character who does those things to protect his, uh, his gang or whatever. Like, that's maybe an interesting direction to go. I don't yeah. Know. Better yeah. than this. Yes, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that about wraps it up for the tax collector. Rosa, is there another movie you saw recently that you'd like to recommend to our listeners? Yes, absolutely. Um, a review went up for it <laughs> today as well. It's a Peruvian film called um, Song Without a Name, um, Cancion Sin Nombre. And it's directed by Melina Leon. This is a, a di- directorial debut for her. And it's a film about an indigenous woman um, from Peru. It takes place in 1988. And the, the film follows her she gives birth and then um due to the social tensions that are going on at that time she her newborn is kidnapped at the clinic where she gives birth so throughout the film we see the journey of her trying to uh, like recover her child and we see the um what she has to go through and i guess as a mother it really affected me (laughs) so on a very personal level and it's beautifully shot it's cinematography is gorgeous and ironically it's a well-done film, a very beautifully shot film um, depicting a horrific story. Uh, sure. 
But overall, it's definitely a movie I, I do highly recommend. I think at the moment it's on, um, it's available for rental, but I don't think it's VOD. I think it's, um, oh my God, what is it called? Was it those virtual cinema? There we go. Or? Yes, virtual. Yeah, yeah it's available okay. on virtual. And yeah, if you guys want to go and, and check out my review just to get a little bit more in depth um, uh, analysis on the film, I, I wrote for it for Cena Speak. And yeah, definitely a movie I very much uh, recommend watching. Great. Well, uh, that sounds really interesting. And thank you, as always, you know, for being here. I'm glad to finally get you back on. Uh, why don't you tell people where they could find your podcast again and, and your other work? Yes. Oh, thank you for inviting me. I didn't think you were going to invite me back. <laughs> no, we've been trying to get you back on. We're, yeah, we're, we're, we're busy people, the two of us, aren't we? Yes, we are. We're very busy. Again, thank you for having me here. Um, and yes, you, um, you guys can find Latinx Lens on every social media platform at Latinx Lens. And then our podcast is available on every um, platform as well. You can find me on every social media platform at Rosa's Reviews. You know, I've got a crazy idea, Rosa. Yeah. Um, the The Mustang was a really good movie. Um, this one, not so much. Let's get you back for another good movie. For another time. good one. Okay. Yeah. I'm in. <laughs> no, no I'm more definitely in. <laughs> Looking for a new podcast? Check out the Infectious Groove podcast. My name is Russ, and I host the show along with Michelle and Kyle. Every Monday, the three of us bring you music news and tell you our jammy jams so you'll always have new music to check out. The Infectious Groove podcast discusses music from nearly every decade and genre while openly displaying our passion for music you need to hear. On top of that, we have a thought-provoking main topic of discussion every week to get you thinking, discussing, and sharing music. We also include interviews with the music stars of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all major podcast platforms. Subscribe and listen to the Infectious Groove podcast on your favorite podcast platform today. All right. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Rosa from Latinx Lens on The Tax Collector. I, I had fun watching it and I had fun talking about it, even though it's not a very good movie. But hey, go check it out. Maybe you'll like it. I don't know. That does it for today. Uh, let's uh, do our usual spiel at the end of the show. Actually, I do want to mention that uh, my new album is coming out really soon, and I've got a whole lot of stuff coming out on the Patreon. I just recently also updated my website, bydavidrosen.com. That's my music website, although now it also encompasses uh, some of my podcasting work as well. But you should also check out piecingpod.com. That's the actual website for piecing it together, where you can find out all the new episodes and sign up for the mailing list and see all the uh, other podcasts that I've guested on recently and all that kind of stuff. So two websites to check out, two mailing lists to get on, a Patreon, Piecing Pod on Twitter, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces on Facebook, lots of stuff for you guys to check out. And of course, always more episodes coming up. I got a lot of really fun ones planned right now. I'm very excited to start recording some of them, a couple of special episodes, a couple of the Breaking It Apart series, a couple of the Missing Pieces series, and of course, new movies as well. So lots of stuff coming soon. So... Let's leave you guys with a piece of music, as I always do. I think I'm going to play a track from my most recent album, Beater, original motion picture soundtrack, which, if you haven't heard it before, is a compilation of music that I have made for various films by this one director named Chris Johnson. Uh, included on it is, of course, the score to Beater, which is a feature-length film, and then a bunch of short films I've worked with uh, him on. And so I'm going to play what was the title track from a film called To Cherish the Time. And it's a great little short film. You can check it out on the Free Your Mind Films YouTube or Vimeo channels, or there's links on my bydavidrosen.com, of course. And this was the track that played over the end credits. So enjoy To Cherish the Time, and we'll be back with more Piecing It Together coming up real soon.
an All Points West production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.